You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on The Cooligans, we talk about traveling again, doing some soccer trips, went to Austin FC. That was exciting. We talk about the UEFA away go rule. I mean, I know we get deep in the weeds in it because it's a ridiculous <laughs> change. And we talk about the U.S. Women's National Team Olympic roster announcement. That's right. Plus, we talked to Renee Montgomery, one of the owners of the Atlanta Dream, big WNBA owner. She's an absolute homie of ours. We talk about everything from what the WNBA is doing and WSL. Plus, she went undefeated in college and why it was more needed than you think. That and more today on the Cooligans! Yo, it's me, Dave Vianich here, and I've been hanging out with the Cooligans, having a nice, and I hope you've been having a nice too. Yeah, baby! I should have yelled McConaughey, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, Alexis. Let's go. Uh, Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerrero. All right, we are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show uh, that has ever lived right mm-hmm. here on Fubo Sports Network. It's also the gulliest. Why do we keep repeating that? You already know that, right? Come <laughs> okay. on. It's also the, the most uh, Austinist. Texasist. I, LAist, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we got to travel again. But it was great. Uh, <laughs> I, I traveled to Puerto Rico before, but it was nice. Both of us being out of the city for a little bit of a weekend. You went yeah. for... You went for some, uh, you know, soccer activity. I went for some anniversary activity. I think some okay. of you know what I mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. There, the main point is that there was a lot of crying involved. Uh, <laughs> a lot of apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I got to go. Uh, I got the opportunity to go uh, to Q2 Stadium and watch Austin FC play their first game at home. I got what? to go. Got you to went see to Q2, some of the... I went away with my QT, you know what I mean? <laughs> Look at us, you know what I mean? <laughs> it all worked out, all right? <laughs> um, uh, so, yes, I got to see some of the the old NYCFC homies play, Brad Stuver, right. uh, uh, goalkeeper for Austin FC, and Alex Ring. Uh, I got to see them play in some humidity, all right? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know how they do down there? They don't like to turn on the AC uh, down in Austin? Uh, but no, shout out to Brad Stuver, who who was a backup here for a while, played in the U.S. Open Cup, and now doing incredible things as a starter in Austin. Shouts to him. Yeah, I mean, not, he's doing incredible things, but they need him to do incredible things. All yeah, right, yeah, Austin, yeah. they lend through a couple shots, all right? He's being uh, like, guys, could you make this a little easier on me? Is it possible? <laughs> all right, I don't want to be man of the match every week, all right? <laughs> you know? I would like to not stand on my head, you know what I mean, if that's possible. No, but... Uh, shout out to all the Austin FC supporters. I know. Uh, look, uh, did we get last, love out there? I, we're getting uh, a lot of cooligans love. Everybody I spoke to was like, "Yo, where's Alexis?" And I'm like, "All right, well, I'm here. You don't need to. You can say hello first. Uh, <laughs> now you know how it feels when I walk into a club and there's like female comics and they're like, "Yo, where's D?" I'm like, "She ain't always with me." I <laughs> also, hello, coworker. You know, <laughs> um, a lot of love. 
lot of love uh, from uh, from a lot of people out there. So uh, hanging out with Los Verdes, Austin Anthem. Uh, uh, they invited me out to a big party. Uh, uh, it's, it's super fun. The, 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 like the, the night before the game, the supporters there were... Li- I've never seen a first home game and the supporters be that organized. Uh, I know they were, they, they were getting a lot of bants because of uh, the practice. They were practicing there. Uh, you know, they're in, in the supporter section before before the games. But, yo, practice makes perfect, bro. It was it was entertaining. OK, Bruh, you know, that's the only way you get to Carnegie Hall. You feel yo, me? Bro, they should have like a, a, a supporters uh, uh, like, you know, competition at Carnegie Hall. That'd be bro, remember like back in the day, like ESPN, you'd be watching something on like a Saturday morning and then like that would end. And all of a sudden it was like. A cheerleading competition, You're like what? <laughs> or like strongman? We should have that for supporters, bro. I would, I'd watch it. Okay, a little like X Factor and or America's Got Talent or whatever. They Let's got go. that like the Westminster Dog Show where all the announcers are whispering. They're like, and the march to the match begins. <laughs> this is not good for Austin FC. You know? <laughs> With golf energy, yeah, <laughs> Yo, it'd be wild, uh, man. But, yeah, it was great, man. Too? Super entertaining. Yeah, we uh, look on our Twitter. You can. See Matthew McConaughey leading the support. It was it was just a show. It was a movie. It was great. This is wild. Um, I was what I loved from it was you you did a little video uh, with all this stuff and you put in. I mean, Austin is known for their breakfast tacos. You put in the breakfast taco for like two seconds. <laughs> yes, uh, just a little brief. Uh, it was enough taco. I thought it was maybe a one and a half seconds of tacos. I was uh, going to suggest that that even was that wasn't even your taco. You asked someone else, you mind if I take a video of your taco? Because if not, I'm going to get yelled at for only eating a head of lettuce while yeah, I'm yeah. here. It's, excuse me, ma'am. Can I see your taco? And then she slapped me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> officer, there he is. <laughs> uh, but we're, so we're absolutely thrilled about today's. Show. We're going to be joined by Renee Montgomery, uh, owner, uh, one of the owners of the Atlanta Dream, former yep. WNBA uh, uh, player and, and former, champion. former college basketball champion as well. Yeah. Uh, so much uh, to discuss uh, with her. But uh, but before we get there, let's let's start with uh, in some UEFA news, uh, you know, that doesn't have to do with rainbows. Uh, this, <laughs> this is a, a big story. They just announced that they will be getting rid of the away goal rule for all UEFA club competitions. So, what? Why? So, okay. So if you remember a couple uh, months ago, especially during uh, the, the, the knockout rounds of the Champions League, we were talking, and I think this is, you know, Aaron West was here. We were talking about, uh, about Juve against Porto. And I think this is specifically, this happens often where the, when there's enough outrage online, you, uh, you know, FIFA, UEFA, the federations, they're all like, all right, well, People, people get mad. All right, we don't need we don't need these big clubs uh, to lose on the, on these away goal rules because this is this going to mess up our money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's and the issue. Is, it's like people are mad, but then also I'm mad. I'm not making as much money as I could. <laughs> so how so do I, I feel you this? end up being upset? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you and how upset you are. They might be for different reasons, but I uh, I want to use I want to use your anger. So I can benefit further. <laughs> I mean, look, Alexis, you are just describing American politics right now, dude. I'm, also, I'm also kind of describing what I would do if I was in power as well. <laughs> so I don't want anyone to think I'm throwing this shade. This is the game. <laughs> this is the game. But no, this is a, 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 you know, I think Alexis and I both agree. 
This is a terrible, terrible decision. The away goal rule has been in place since 1965 for a reason. Right. Because it, it allows, in two-legged series, it allows for some competitive balance and also entertainment. It, it, it doesn't, you know, a team it can score. It forces you to have to be, you, you have to be, uh, you know, aggressive and want to score. You, exactly. You can't just park the bus. That, now everyone's just going to park the bus when they're away. This is a terrible move. So the, the thing that I was complaining about was... Uh, especially during that that Porto Juve series, was that it shouldn't the extra time rules should go away. Uh, the the away go rules should go away for extra time, and, and that is what and that is where we disagreed. Alexis was like, "Well, these are the rules." Blah blah blah. Or whatever. That's all. Like you talks. knew walking into that match that that was the rule. I don't right, understand right, why right. you take it away at that time. But even if you wanted to do that, I'd be like, "Okay, fine. I'm not happy about it, but I'm not. This is horrific. This, this- is going to make." Every match super boring. Yeah, because like I, I, if you're a minnow, if you're I, one of these small clubs, why would you send a striker forward when yeah. you're away? Yeah, this is uh, this is gonna uh, you know bite them in the ass. This is gonna lead to less entertaining games, less less drama. The you know, and we've seen it MLS when when they were doing the the two legged uh, series and, and and you know away goals didn't count an extra time. This was. This was entertaining. We we had it, it worked out. It was a fair and competitive balance, and it was it was fair for the players. It was fair for the audience watching. This is we haven't even seen the away goals not exist in our lifetime. This is we're, we're <laughs> this is gonna be bad. Also, we've only we, it's not like we haven't seen where it also didn't help. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's moments where like oh there's they have to score two more goals and. The club will, you know, the teams are out there fighting to score two more goals because of the away goal. Like, it adds an extra layer of excitement. I don't understand why you would take that away. I don't understand when you're like, you know what? Nah, we're not going to. Like, this <laughs> NBA is like, let's take away the three-point line. That's yeah, essentially we- <laughs> what just happened here. <laughs> let's, go, let's go back to the 1940s <laughs> when there was no three-point line and all white players exclusively. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Hungry's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm listening. <laughs> All right, speaking of uh, UEFA, the Euros, they're happening, okay? I'm sure you guys are following along. (laughs) Uh, Hey, you heard heard about these Euros? (laughs) You know what? Honestly, I think it's kind of, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. You guys should watch. Um, One of the things that shocked shocked the heck out of me is how uh, Group F ended, right? With Hungary uh, going up against Germany and uh, looking like they could have possibly beaten Germany. I mean, mean, Germany got uh, lucky. Okay. Yeah, which begs the question: What happens when they go play England in the first round of the knockout the knockout stages? What's going to happen when they go to? I mean, my you know my thing is like Germany is headed to England. Do they need America's help again? Huh? <laughs> okay, we're here to save the day. Uh, <laughs> put in Pulisic. Put on, put on English shirt, you Christian. <laughs> Should we uh, send the troops, aka Pulisic and Weston McKinney? Uh, no, this this. Um, I mean, I, I. You have to favor England here, right? Germany has not looked yes, good. Yes. Yeah, of yeah. Course. I mean, G- Germany. The the, the concerns. Um, defensive issues but i mean they had that they had the their, their second game was good um uh against uh, portugal was it not portugal yeah, yeah the they, one, uh, portugal, they got yeah. four four to two um this is 
uh, yeah, a bit, a bit shocking. I mean, is it? I guess is it shocking? This has been the last, the last few tournaments, last two tournaments with uh, uh, Yogi Love. Have has this is what it's looked like? Uh, a, a team that you know that, that that didn't look like the team that won the World Cup uh, uh, a few years ago. So it's you know what's funny? It's like he keeps putting Ilkay Gundogan, who hasn't really had a great tournament, right? Yeah, he keeps putting him in the same in the same exact position that Pep Guardiola put him in for the Champions League final, and it did not work out. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You need a real defensive midfielder. You can't have Ilkay Gundogan on that far back and having to do everything he wants to do. Also, I love Serge Gnabry. He's one of the players. He's probably the player I miss most as an Arsenal fan um, that's still playing. Dog, you can't have him be your main striker. That's not, yeah. that's not where he shines. This is probably, of everyone in that group of death, other than Hungary... This is probably the best case scenario for England. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, without a doubt. But I, it's like we were so close to <laughs> like a, such a wild upset. That that's it, it was pretty pretty scary for for Germany. But England is also on the on the right side of the uh, of the bracket, which is right. a, a objectively bit of an easier bracket. Uh, well, some- yes, they got Sweden, <laughs> Ukraine, uh, ne- Netherlands, Czechoslovakia, Wales, and Denmark. The only thing is, if they meet up, and it's going to have to be in the in the semifinal. Uh, but if they meet up with Wales. Who knows what's going to happen there? You know, there's a lot of emotion there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you would have to still favor uh, England. But if England can get past Germany here, you have to think they can make it to the final. Like, they have a real, real shot uh, to, but to, do to you win trust, the whole thing. Let's say they win. They go up against, let's say Sweden beats Ukraine. It looks like it's going to be Sweden. Do you still trust England to show up and beat Sweden? You know what I mean? It's like. I don't have that. I have that confidence with France. No, no, no. I even have that confidence with nobody, Belgium. The English don't have faith in the English. No. It's not, no, <laughs> nobody no. expects that. I'm just saying they probably should. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Gareth Southgate's like a pre-match speech is like, do you think we should go out there, boys? Like, <laughs> we could still go home. You know, we're home. We could go. We could leave. Real, you know, a Winston Churchill type of speech. I see. <laughs> <laughs> the boys knew that day. It was over. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, exciting tournament. Yeah, a lot of big games. Do you have a pick? To, to look Do you have a pick to. as to who you think might uh, advance from the left or the right side? Uh, I I I expect a um, a. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say France England. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say French. Yeah, English not final. difficult. Alex yeah. Pavone right now, a good friend of ours, is slamming. Uh, his uh, <laughs> iPhone on the table because you said you didn't say Italy would advance, but I don't think they will either. I think Portugal, Belgium will tell us everything we need to know about the left side. It's either okay. going to be France or Belgium, or it's going to be uh, England. And I probably England. I could see Wales making it all the way too. All right. Um, mm. Okay. Another big tournament uh, to discuss as well. Copa America uh, is happening as well. They are still uh, 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 in their group stage, uh, you know, so to speak, in, the, in their two different groups. Um, but the w- let's talk about one uh, particular game: Brazil against Colombia. Uh, this uh, match, uh, a, t- a tough game for Colombia to possibly win. Brazil is Brazil. We all know um, undefeated so far. But Colombia got a, a an early goal from um, from Luis Diaz. Uh, a, a wild, just, I mean, it was an amazing uh, side, not really a bicycle. They call it, I think they call, the, they call that like a scorpion kick. 
Isn't that the one they call a scorpion? No, no. Or a scissor? Scorpion is behind your head. Behind when you... Like, oh, the, scissor. Like did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe this is a scissor kick? Scissor, yeah, Did yeah. he scissor the ball? Don't do that. <laughs> hey, okay. La tijera. Okay. <laughs> Ain't no wonder he scores so much. The kid's got range. Just a great start for, for Colombia. But the first goal from Brazil is what I want to talk about because this was a, a, a controversial issue. A lot of people were really, really upset. Uh, a, a, a ball, uh, a pass that was made uh, from uh, to one Brazilian player to another hits the referee, Pitana. That's it. Uh, it hits it. It hits him. It bounces in front of him. It, it remains with uh, a Brazilian player. Uh, everybody kind of stops because we all sort of know nowadays. Like it, hit, it hits the referee. It's everybody a drop ball. Everybody kind of like, and this is what they the Colombian team shut off for literally a second, but that's all it took. Uh, it was like made a pass, hit the, hit the referee. It was like a one two, went. And, Pass it to Neymar, cross, header, in. Um, Colombian players, furious. They, they feel like it should have been a, a drop ball. Um, you know when no, you're playing FIFA online and the other person's internet glitches and they don't move, they just stop defending? Yeah. That's what happened. You know, <laughs> and you know, you know how you usually score when that happens? <laughs> but I think the rule still is you don't stop till you hear a whistle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it, man, just they, I get you, it. They really went back defending very quickly, but it's still su- it's it's such a controversial thing. A lot of people. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's that controversial. I think Colombia messed up. I think <laughs> if if the possession would have switched hands, then yeah, you would have or switched sides. I should say, yeah, you would have heard a whistle. But it hit him. I'm sure the even the ref turned around like, who hit me? You know what I mean? And then he realized the ball, and he just saw. The Brazilian play with the ball. So it's like, I'm not going to blow the whistle because they still have possession. I mean, I feel bad for Colombia, but, you know, it is what the it is. I, I don't. The way I the see letter it, of the law doesn't say he has to stop the match there. That is true. The way I see it is, is it, it it's almost as a like, like some people were saying, you know, which VAR should have gotten involved. But this is not a reviewable thing that VAR can can look into. But people but are the, treating VAR like it's Maury, you know, like <laughs> we don't know whose it is. We'll go to Maury. <laughs> you can't just do that. VAR, there's certain rules. But, and I also think that's kind of stupid. I think the managers should get like in the NBA, you get one challenge. The manager should be able to challenge one stoppage. But what something that happens to decide with a, like I get a VAR review to decide whether this was the right call or not. Oh, I don't know. That 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 Why really don't you changes. Know? Well, hold on, let's play out the scenario. <laughs> you and I are managing different clubs, right? Uh-huh. And then your player has the ball hit the ref. It goes back. Y'all score. I could be like, nah, fam. Boom. And at the very least, it allows for an official review of the rules. It allows for an official uh, review of the tape. And at the end result, might be that I'm wrong, and you. You know what I mean? Your club can still score the goal. It is what it is. But at least now it's like everyone <laughs> understands. Here's why. As opposed I mean, to what's happening now. is already in place to do exactly that. It's just that this yes, particular thing is manager, not reviewable. The manager gets to pull you out a little the, VAR card. the theater of throwing yes. the... <laughs> yes. I want something to come out of the inner pocket of the re- of the of the manager. I think that's... No, it, don't you think that would add like a dope You want to throw wrinkle? your pocket square in, on <laughs> yeah, the pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a booger laden. Did you like, sir, there's, this is the COVID era. <laughs> you Look into this. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> did you pick it up? 
<laughs> is it the green card? I think I think if managers were able to do that, it would add an extra layer to the game. This is certainly a better idea than getting rid of the away goals. Okay. <laughs> I agree. All right, let's move on to American soccer a little bit. And let's uh, talk about MLS's new project, a new league, uh, a second division, a lower tier uh, uh, under MLS. And uh, people are getting a little confused, concerned, uh, because we sort of already have lower division uh, soccer in America, which is mainly USL and it is people don't know exactly what's going on. So I, I kind of want to think people kind of know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can let's 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 hit, hit them up with the conspiracy theories. Why? What? What does I got this some mean? Thoughts. I got some thoughts. OK, Christian. Uh, let me let me start off by saying so uh, Soccer United Marketing, some which owns which is the marketing arm of American soccer loses the which is also co-owned by MLS or joint a little murky. No one knows exactly sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say they they share offices. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so they lose the probably the most valuable part, which is U.S. soccer, right? Yeah. Um, so they lose the ability to I guess to sell the marketing rights to U.S. soccer. So everyone now has this fear because for so long we we heard that the increased value of MLS franchises. Uh, you know, a sort of the price to start them kept going up and up and up, not just because the league was getting more popular, but also the value is owning a part of some right now yeah. that the big one of the big pieces goes away, which is the women's national team, and the men's national team. And you can't combine those two for your TV rights. So you're like, oh, no, MLS has always said they've lost a lot of money. Right. We lose one hundred million dollars a year. That's the thing yeah. you hear. One hundred million dollars a year. Now you lose one of your most valuable parts. And now they're like. We're going to spend money on a new league. And you're like, why don't we not? You know? <laughs> <laughs> why don't we make a, a profit? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, that, that's a, a, a fair, um, you know, and a reasonable assumption of, of why this is being uh, created. Uh, the other thing is, at least for me, if it feels like this is an attempt to, one, have more control over what whatever the future American soccer pyramid is. It seems like MLS wants to have more control of that and maybe elbow out a little bit USL. Who knows? You know, maybe this will be one of these, like, let the market decide what ends up being the most successful. Let me, like, I think sometimes people don't understand how this works. And I'm not saying I know for sure, but this is my theory, right? If you have a product that you sell, let's say you're Coca-Cola, right, Christian? And then all of a sudden, okay, here I'm, comes and I'm this. I'm going to be moving it off the table. Yeah, yeah okay, got it. get it out of the way. Um, the four billion lost. Uh, let's say there's a product that all of a sudden is catching the eye of a lot of potential beverage, uh, beverage purchasers, like a an energy drink. Let's say right. Um, and all of a sudden, people are starting to talk about this energy drink. The energy drink is sponsoring racing teams and all this stuff. Blah blah. blah. What are you as Coca Cola going to do? Why don't you release your own energy drink, even if it's not great? It's going to muddy the water. It's just simply going to take share away from what they're doing. It's going to, you have a big distribution. So all of a sudden, everyone I distribute to, I'm going to say, hey, don't buy that product anymore. Carry my energy drink. It's like, you don't need it to be successful. You just need it to damage the other one. Now, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's what it feels like is happening to USL. USL seems 
Like they might be building towards something. Maybe there's plans that are coming up that we don't know about. Maybe it seems like there's some power power exchange happening. There's a little bit of a fear that like, oh man, if this keeps going, they could be bigger than us. So why don't we just start one of these smaller leagues just to muddy the water? (laughs) Okay. Look, this is interesting. You know, there's a lot of interesting theories uh, about what what could be going on. You like how I'm getting in deep here? You know, (laughs) (laughs) get get the red strings behind you, bro. Like, yeah. uh... (laughs) Carol. (laughs) And also, isn't there? Remember, I did that interview with the president of uh, USL. Yeah. And I asked the question because it was in the chat. Yo, when's you guys have three leagues now? When's that pro rel happening? And he said, soon, we're going to announce something soon, which I know he's been saying for a while, but that means they've had these conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's a potential. A Do you think it's a potential with this? Do you uh, think, remember everyone said, like, they need to start an MLS 2, and then that yeah. way you can have pro-rel between the two. Does this feel like that? This feels like the the foundation of that. It feels like a, uh, and I've said this before, and whether it makes soccer fans happy or not, maybe this is a, a way to appease people. Um, but it seems like go to 40 teams, MLS one, MLS two, this feels like the foundation of that. Um, it, you know, uh, academies, uh, uh, lower league teams, buildings, uh, you know, soccer from the ground up in America. Smaller markets. Yeah. If, if, it feels like that's a possibility. So, uh, we'll, we will see, we will keep an eye on it. But, uh, I think by the time the world cup arrives in 2026, uh, to the U S I think we'll have a, a, a greater idea of like what bet MLS is taking here. And we'll figure Just out what they were. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being extremely happy, one being exactly where we are today. How how do you think this is going to make fans of lower lower league football, a lower league soccer in America feel? Um, I mean, I'm going to say a four. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go negative two. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to make some people happy and, and probably most people upset. But I think uh, the we- one thing to look at is whether they have to, if you join, because he said, they, the, the announcement said that you can have independent teams. Do they have to become a part of the single entity in order to join if that happens? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna read the fine print. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> okay. So let's, the uh, other thing I want to, speaking of, uh, let's talk some U.S. Women's National Team. The... Olympic roster <coughs> has been announced. And uh, no one is upset. <laughs> no one at all. No, the uh, look, we have a, a, a bunch of friends uh, on the uh, on the team. It's exciting. Uh, you know, uh, Jane, Jane Campbell got called up uh, uh, as uh, as an alternate. Kristen um, Mew is Rose Lavelle. Both have been on the show. Sam mm-hmm. Mew is Chris, uh, Christy's sister. Also there. It's amazing. Yeah, so... Um, Mega Rapino, so- who's also been on the show, by the way. Okay, <laughs> you know? so, uh, solid, solid uh, uh, squad. This is the, the uh, you know, given the, the, the young talent available for Vlaco, he definitely went with an older team. I think the average age, I, I believe, is like 30.2 or something like that. Um, so th- this might be a concern, right? Go for veteran leadership. Experience goes a long way in, in these tournaments. The one, obviously, there's two names that I think people might be slightly confused by. Um, the one that is less confusing, Julie Ertz, obviously deserves to be there. She's dealing with an injury, so I could understand that call-up. But the one that is very, very odd, who another player dealing with an injury, Tobin Heath. We're look, we're the biggest Tobin Heath fans. Let's not let's not be crazy, yeah. okay? Um, but you this, know, when you go in the supermarket, you go down the red sauce aisle. Toby Heath, Toby Heath should be there. She got too much sauce. You know what I mean? 
know what? We're, this we're is why we should, we should rehearse, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of these things would be cut before they make it to air. No, they go. And I, I edit the audio, so it's going in. You know what I mean? So, no, uh, no uh, this is, it seems like a, a, uh, uh, I'm, maybe, Maybe he knows, Vodka knows something we do not know. Seems like a bit of a reckless choice, given... I don't know that it's reckless. I think what's reckless about it is who it might keep out, or who it did keep out, which is Mitch Purse. Mitch Purse seems like the next wave of incredible yeah. players. Yeah. The um, Even Lynn Williams was an alter. I can understand even Lynn Williams getting the call up um, instead of Tobin or Midge. But, yeah. th- but this... I hope it, look, I'm confident it will work out because the U.S. Women's National Team is a U.S. Women's National Team. But there's a couple teams they're going to go up against that it's, uh, you know, having maybe a, a, a youthful, uh, fast paced player um, might have helped out. I am having having that play on the bench. You know, the, the Olympic roster is only 18 players uh, and four alternates. So you don't have you don't have that. Uh, um, you know, that strong and deep of a bench that you have like in World Cups. Uh, still confident, but a little bit surprised at, at the, the the heat selection. I think what's going to have to happen is at some point, the women's national team is going to have to pick one of these major tournaments and decide this is where we develop the next the next yeah. stage. Because it seems like, and I know how important it is, uh, the Olympics are for players like Megan Rapinoe and Carly Lloyd, and it's a big opportunity for the women's national team. But at some point, there needs to be one of these where we start to bring in like the the next wave of players and let them get that the big competitions. I agree. I mean, I, I and, and you know, even though it's it's difficult to think about and talk about, but this this feels like maybe the last run for Rapino and Carly Lloyd, some of the the the, the veteran players. I I don't yeah. imagine. I don't want to. We we've seen Carly Lloyd's wrath when people do doubt her, but right. I can't imagine we will see Megan or Carly at the next World Cup. That's I mean. I'd be very, very surprised. Yeah, uh, maybe some other players should have gotten that opportunity to get that out. You know, get these games we'll in see. before the World Cup. Who we'll knows? See. All due respect, uh, uh, obviously yeah. to the goats. Uh, all Speaking right, of yeah. great players, yeah, we've got <laughs> Renee Montgomery when we get back. Hey, everybody, this is Alexis. I want to break into this show with a word from one of our sponsors, Live Breathe Football. Uh, absolutely incredible soccer specific streetwear brand. I'm not exactly sure what category they fit in. I just know that everything they sell is fly and also functional. So if you're like Christian and you play soccer, you want to get this gear. If you're like me and you just want to look fly around the game of soccer, you also want to get this gear. And I can't explain to you how dope Aboon has been to us, the owner of Liberty Football and the designer. He has been a supporter of our show since day one. And it's so dope to see how far the brand has come. Again, Dwayne Wade just wore his shorts. And by the way, he wasn't the only one, okay? I recently took Wifey out on a trip to Puerto Rico, and I had the same exact shorts. And let me tell you something. Nobody stopped me and said, yo, are you Dwayne Wade? But I felt like it. You know what I mean? I felt like a million bucks. I felt like I could dunk. You know what I mean? I felt like I could open my own winery, okay? Wifey was like, why are you Googling Gabrielle Union? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just preparing myself. You know what I mean? Because I think I'm becoming Dwayne Wade, you know? Uh, But in reality, the shorts are absolutely dope. There's always just the quality of the gear. I can't express enough. He does not. Aboon does not just go out and find shorts and throw his name on it. He designs it from the ground up with you in mind. I look dope as hell in these shorts. 
and it's hard to get clothes for big dudes that look dope also in streetwear and his clothes does that it also looks good on any body type it's absolutely incredible you got to go to livebreathefootball.com and check out his streetwear it's absolutely incredible the shorts the sweats the the workout gear the the everyday gear it's all amazing and if you use the code gulliest you're going to get 15% off live breathe football f u t b o l livebreathefootball.com go there put gulliest spend your money it'll be absolutely worth it right now 15% off for using the code gulliest livebreathefootball.com Christian our guest is finally here and I'm excited I haven't seen this guest since we co-hosted an event in the very fancy Grand Rapids Michigan <laughs> glad, <laughs> we, one of glad I went once I don't think I ever want to go back no disrespect Grand Rapids Michigan uh, but this is an absolute honor uh, there's a rapper who I love right now named Moneybag Yo who said he sold so much gas he bought him a Texaco right uh, and in fact uh, this next person shot so many shots, she bought herself a WNBA team, okay? Uh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Montgomery Yo. Uh, yeah, I heard of her. <laughs> yeah, Montgomery Yo. Uh, <laughs> let's see, two-time WNBA champion, okay, yep. not bad. NBA Sixth Woman of the Year, okay? Also, uh, NCAA champion. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are driving, I suggest you pull it together and show some respect. Pull over, put that bad boy in on e-brake, and put your hands together for the one, the only, Renee Montgomery! Everybody! WNBA, by the way, I know you guys are used to men's sports, but I see the NWSL hoodie you got on, Christian. We love to see it. Yeah, man. <laughs> no That's doubt. what we do here. Thank you so much. Yeah, you are, uh, you know, our first uh, WNBA, former WNBA player. Uh, it, uh, it's an absolute Also, honor. first WNBA owner. I mean. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I, uh, we could we could take the next half hour and just go over uh, R- uh, Renee's oh, resume, oh, uh, which I'm happy to do. do <laughs> Renee's but, like, please don't do that. Here we go. The, the, the place I want to start is, uh, you know, you you made uh, a lot of headlines because you announced your retirement um, during 2020, a very challenging year when it came to coronavirus, uh, you know, confronting uh, issues with race uh, in this country. And you you were straight up and you said, I'm I'm done with my basketball career so that I can focus on uh, these issues. And then when it came to the league and, and, and the the players in it, the WNBA, uh, NWSL as well, on the forefront of, of really taking on these issues. What was the, you know, uh, that decision uh, like? What was, you know, what was it like before you made that decision? And then, you know, to see the 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 positive effects after uh, after you made that decision. How are you feeling now? You know, I made that that announcement on Remotely Renee, which is a podcast that I do with my mom and my sister. Shouts to Snook and all of them, the crew, my my manager, VP. I was a crying, nasty, snotty mess. Okay, (laughs) that's what that moment was like. And I mean, but I was really crying over, you know, the career that I had. I was thankful for all of the years. And then, you know. You, everyone, when I made the announcement, people didn't know what I was trying to do. But, you know, I knew that I was very close to getting a part of ownership of the Atlanta Dream. So I was crying happy tears. I was crying memory tears. I was crying all kinds of different tears. But to me, it was like things were changing, you know, like since when do they allow a player to retire and then become an owner? You know, like that usually never happens. And so I was excited for my family. But to shout out the WNBA, the NWSL, like, Naomi Osaka tennis you can just see the athlete activism stood up in in 2020 and it was just fun to be a part of 
Now, you also have, uh, I mean, I don't even know how to think about it. You went undefeated for an entire year in college. You went 39 and 0. And obviously you won the championship. Imagine you didn't win the championship. You're like, what was that for? Uh, <laughs> but you went. I mean, that's the, that's the goal. That was the Golden State Warriors season. Yeah, that's that's I guess we anyway. <laughs> But you didn't lose one match. You didn't, or one game, I should say. It's not soccer right now. You didn't lose one game. <laughs> Going through that, do you think that that prepared you for sort of putting you in the position that you were? Because the one thing I, we remember you for so much in the WNBA is that sort of that leadership role and that, that thing. And, and you've taken that now out of the WNBA. You've now continued this as you go on. And even in your retirement, as Chris mentioned, you you said, I'm now going to be a leader in the community. I'm not going to do these other things. When you look back at that moment, one, how incredible was that to go 39 and 0? And two, do you think that moment prepared you or did that? Like for me, I'd be like, I can't lose. I'm going to do whatever I want from now on. <laughs> I'm going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> the exact opposite. Yes, that moment prepared me for anything in the future because, first of all, that happened on my senior year. So there were a lot of reasons why that moment was huge. Imagine leaving UConn and not winning any championships. Like, that is, like, unheard of. And I was on my way to do that. So my senior year, we had won no championships People even now ask me when I say I went to UConn, they're like, oh, yeah, how many how many championships did you win? I'm like, one. They're like, one? And I'm like, I'm so proud of that one. <laughs> that reason, like when you go to UConn, people just expect you to win like four championships in your four years. And so for me, it was a high pressured year. So to say if that helped me or not, absolutely, because. At every break, I was starting to think maybe we need to lose a game before we hit to the tournament because I don't want to go in there undefeated in our first game, be the loss and knock us out. So that was in the back of my mind, like this is getting scarier. But then when we went into the tournament and we hadn't lost a game, I was like, well, shoot, we don't have a choice now. We got to go undefeated. And it was a crazy moment because, again, it was my last chance. Like it was my very last chance to make, you know, with college is so different from pros. You can try for 20 years if you want to play in the pros to get a championship. But college, you have this little window. And so you have to get it done or that's part of your history. It's just like you went goose egg. And so that moment was more of a relief than excitement, if I'm being honest, because it was just like, oh, my gosh, we really did it. And then that like that drove me the rest of my career because you have to learn to perform under pressure. Like that's all that whole year was just pressure. But it just shows like what the, the level of excellent excellence that UConn brings where people are like, they can't even believe that you just didn't win every, every single yeah. year. You're, You're, you they, failed because you only won. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't believe you even mentioned in that one victory. I know. I wouldn't <laughs> tell people you went to college. <laughs> <just told you. laughs> wow. The thing I, I want to talk about the, the, the WNBA. I mean, we are seeing it with, uh, especially with ratings and, and overall viewership has just uh, exploded. And there is this, the, the, you know, from, from year one to, to now uh, it, it's a different, uh, it's just on a different level, especially the level of support that you're seeing from, from the NBA, from the men's side uh, where, uh, you know, dudes are, are they, they, they show up wearing the, the, the orange WNBA uh, 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 hoodie. Um, just can, can you talk a little bit about the, just the league, you you're an owner now what are you know how, how do you feel about where it is now and then what where do you see this going what are the the, the things that you would like to see improve uh, with the league yeah no I love it I love that support from the brothers in the NBA my my brothers in the NFL like all the homies that I don't even know them I just call them homies because like if we rocking in this thing together yeah. we 
Exactly now. So <laughs> when I see them rocking the orange hoodie, look at you rocking the, the hoodie. I think it's dope because we saw, you know, one of Kobe Bryant's last photos is of him wearing the WNBA hoodie. And we saw the impact that he wanted to make when it came to the women's game. I mean, you even see men athletes that play basketball, NBA players, they show love to the WNBA. It's really just the trolls on the internet that don't really get it that, you know, women and men can both play sports. What a concept. So I love when <laughs> I love when there's guys that just like authentically, boldly don't care. They're like, yeah, I rock with the W. Yes, I rock the gear. Because to me, that's like that. We don't we love to have it, you know, like we, we stand tall as women and we want to fight for causes, but we love getting support too. We love having allies as well. So, you know, the numbers are up, viewership is up, everything is up in, in the WNBA right now. And I look, we love to see it. Yeah. I, I just, I've mentioned this on the show before, but I, one of my cousins, my cousin, Annabelle, she uh, played basketball in college in Massachusetts and she ended up playing uh, for the Dominican national team. And I, I think when when I was a kid, you know, you 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 have that skepticism like every, you know, girls can't do this. Girls can't do that or whatever. Then I played her. I was probably 14 or 15 years old. I played her. We're the same age. What Yo, embarrassed what? me. And I'm like, (laughs) just back, posting me up, fadeaways all day, getting by me. I'm like, okay, all right, I learned my lesson real, real quick. Christian was like, look, I'm not going to say every girl can play, but I know this one can. Okay. (laughs) That's how he was. He didn't even give you a song. He was like, that girl bad. I'm going to play myself. And also, if there's other girls like this, I don't want to go near him on the court. (laughs) You were exactly like every guy. They want to play us one on one, like from the couch. So I'm like, you want to get up from the couch, me, somebody that plays professionally, you want me to take my time, <laughs> you one-on-one to prove that, what? That yeah. women play ball? Like, it's so crazy. Shouts to your cousin, though. Um, my fiance is from the DR, so shouts to the Dominican team. I was Let's go. What, yeah. Actually, like. you're, you're engaged to a Queens Dominicana, okay? <laughs> I am. I am. Just to let y'all know what I'm dealing with over here. So let me tell you, you you are fully prepared for. I don't know why something so small is making you so mad. <laughs> oh, fully prepared. I understand it all. You can say every joke to me. I would know, like for sure. I have to, so I made the mistake on Father's Day of only saying goodbye once when we were leaving the house to the family members. I thought oh, I had no. already said goodbye. We're like, not going to tell them goodbye. Again. I'm like, oh, my bad. Goodbye. See y'all later. You know, like so. You got to say like five different goodbyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have to be personalized. That. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't you didn't kiss that. Abuela on the cheek twice? Sumami, Sumami, Santillo. Come on now, listen. Uh, one of my favorite things about women's sports in these last few months, it seems, or the last few years, really, it seems like it's getting to the point now where there's 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 kids coming out of high school that are ready to go. You know, uh, Sabrina Ionescu is one of those folks that everyone's like, she's ready to go. Put her in the starting lineup. Uh, Olivia uh, Moultrie, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, She actually sued the NWSL so that she can uh, go straight from high school into the league professionally. And she won, by the way. Do you think we're at that turning point for the uh, WNBA and the NWSL um, where we're going to start to see a lot of these uh, girls coming straight out of the high school, straight into the WNBA and be ready? 
Listen, I, I think that we're at the point where we need to have the conversation. You know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with ever having a conversation about it. I, look, it, a lot of people think that they're ready. You know, like even when I was coming out of college, I was coming off of a 39 and no year and scouts were telling me I wasn't ready. So a lot of people, you know, you can think you're ready, but the WNBA, there's 144 women, you know, and that we're one of the hardest leagues to make. You know, there's just not roster spots. There's 12 teams, 12 women on each team. Make a spot if you can, you know, like may the odds be ever in your favor. So I think that that conversation needs to come once we expand, because right now we have college players that are super talented, not making rosters because there's just not enough spots available. But I don't think that we should not necessarily talk about it because we don't have availability. We need to expand and then have the conversation. That's uh, yeah, that, that's a yeah. I I think that is a a thing people might lose sight of. Like from a players' association perspective, it's like yo, we're all trying to succeed, not just the specific younger players that are coming into the league. Like everybody, you have you're you're looking out for uh, all you know each other. We have a uh, uh, our supporters who ask uh, you questions. Uh, so we have Gully Squad. These are uh, our fans, uh, our supporters. <laughs> Let's go. You know how we do, Renee? You met me before. Um, <laughs> So let's let's get to some uh, questions for you. So we have uh, this is from Steve Stupka. He he says, <clears throat> "We in Minnesota would like to focus on her time with the Lynx, two-time champions uh, during her stay. What were practices like with the team? How competitive were they?" Oh my gosh, we had a squad in Minnesota. So let me just say our starters so that people could understand: Lindsey Whalen, Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, Rebecca Brunson, and Sylvia Fowles was our starting unit. And then our, our our second unit, which we called Bitch Mom, that was me, Gia Perkins. Uh, we had Natasha Howard, who went on to be Defensive Player of the Year um, years after that. We had Janelle McCarville. We had Anna Montagnana. So when I tell you, we had knockdown, dragout practices. I think that our practices is what prepared us to win two championships. Well, in my term, they... The Minnesota Lynx are a dynasty. Let me be clear. Yeah. While I was there, we went we won two out of the three years I was there. But I think it's a testament to that squad, our practices. Coach Cheryl Reeve, I mean, it was intense. I mean, I know they're asking because I know they already know the answer to that. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was intense. That's awesome. We also have a question from Laura McCoy. She said, oh, my God, this is the best news. That's the, to the reaction of you being on the show. She said, would Renee like to be an owner investor in the NWSL team in Atlanta? And there's a bunch of question marks and exclamation points. And <laughs> did she ever play soccer growing up? Um, is she aware of the soccer pitches at some of the Marta, the local train station stops? Um, she's doing so much uh, cool stuff and they're doing so many cool initiatives on the south side. So would you like to be, uh, you know, would you at least like to see the NWSL break into Atlanta? Do you think that market is ready for that? I think we are very prepped and ready in WSL. Come on over here, baby. Yes. Yeah. I would. I love it. You're, ru- you're rubbing your hands like a owner now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burns. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I would be down to definitely, if not even be an owner, but a supporter. First off, I'm already a supporter and they're not even here yet. So yes, yeah. the answer is to, to that. And yeah, I played soccer in high school i don't know if many people know that i got me a couple hat tricks in my day i wasn't okay. very good i was just fast and athletic and when you're playing in high school it works so i was like all right in high school just because i was just pretty much just running around all the time just like yeah. crazy but yeah i played in high school did any it's nice give my hands a break you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> let the feet do some talking <laughs> i'm curious did anyone uh in your high school uh, end up uh playing professionally or getting uh, playing at a high level of any, any kind yeah. 
Yeah. So my teammate that I actually that actually pulled me to go play soccer, her name was Alexis Hornbuckle. She went on to Tennessee and I went to UConn, but she went we both for basketball. But we we played soccer to stay in shape. I should have said that. Soccer's not like my love, but we're like we were very dedicated and I'm like we wanted to be in the best shape we could and everyone knows that soccer just you just run all day long and so there's a different type of stamina than basketball and so I was trying to see if that cross training worked for me. Okay. Nice. Uh, little, I, got another, a, I got an idea for the name. Me and you knighted. Your mama and your cousin too. <laughs> you, your mama and your cousin. Okay, too. yo, Renee, the first one's free. Okay, but put it in the marketing department. You have to pay for the for the rest of the deck. You know, you get the first sheet. I'll have my people call your people. I, like I actually, okay. you know what? This isn't one of the Gully Squad questions, but I do have a question for you. I want to put you on the spot. You are West Virginia raised, and this is the closest I got to it. This is the Richmond Kickers. It's a Virginia. I know you, West Virginia, different state. I get it, but I got a question for you. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay, uh, Hattie B's or Tudor's? Tudor's Biscuit World is just coming <laughs> home. What are you talking about? Stop playing, Alexis. Like coming home. No, them biscuits for real. That biscuits and gravy oh, is real. It's for real. Like when I come in town, it's the first thing I got to get for breakfast. Like it's 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 not healthy. But thus taste the best. The things that are not healthy taste the best. But yeah, it's no, it's really like. And even when I haven't been home for a little while and I come back, I'm like, dang, this is really as good as I remember. So that's just one of those good feelings where the food tastes exactly like you remember it. I ain't WV biscuits all day. I get it. <laughs> I was like, man, if Renee could smack you through the screen, I think she would. <laughs> Why'd you even bring up Hattie Beans? I was going to say Waffle House, but I knew that was a that was going to be an L. So I was like, let me think of something else that's Atlanta-ish. Those <laughs> biscuits at Tudor's Biscuit World are cooked by hand. It's not like just processed stuff. This is real food here we're talking. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. I, gotta I try. apologize. I have not, I have not tried uh, a Tudor's Biscuit. I can't wait. <laughs> Renee, thank you so much uh, uh, for joining us uh, today. Uh, we got a, a couple things uh, to do before we let you go. But is there anything you want to let people know about uh, before we sign off? Yeah, you know, like, first of all, you guys are funny. I think the people already know that. So thank you for having me on here. Um, check out the podcast. You know, I have a podcast, Remotely Renee. We, we air every Tuesday, and it's, it's fun. You know, it's my snook, which is my mom, my sister, Cole, and my manager, Paul Garino. We talk about sports business, and we just have fun. We talk about my upbringing, all of that. So, yeah, holla at the kid, at Renee Montgomery on all socials. Okay. It's a, yeah, go. it's a, very, a good follow. Follow Renee Montgomery. Uh, okay, let's... Uh, let's do a couple other things we got we have to get to our galasso gift so this is your opportunity to celebrate a goal we will give you a scenario you will celebrate the goal we will animate it turn into a gif uh that you know that will live on the internet forever maybe maybe it'll be an nft someday i know you're involved in that as well right. <laughs> let's go let's make that money <laughs> alexis you want to give uh renee a scenario for some reason it's WNBA final we are game seven we're sitting here for some reason Instead of overtime, they said, why don't we get the owners down here to score a soccer goal? And you happen to get this beautiful curler just around the goalkeeper. I don't know why they're doing this in the WNBA final, but you scored a win the WNBA final for the Atlanta Dream. How do you celebrate? 
oh, what? Then I'm going like this. I'm going to hit him with this. And then I'm drop the mic on him, okay? <laughs> okay? Amazing, yeah. It's like the announcer going to be she's holding a microphone for some reason. Why is she playing oh, yeah. with the mic? Oh, give me the mic. Give me your mic. Drop it. That's you grab doing. a mic just to drop it? Yes. I think she, she could, or oh, maybe she could uh, have like one of the Britney Spears headsets while she's playing. Uh, she <laughs> throws it. Did it again. Yes, all of it. Uh, Renee, thank you so much uh, for joining us. It's an absolute honor. Everybody go ch- uh, check out all of her work. Uh, and make sure you follow us at Soccer Cooligans and, and at Fubo Sports on all socials and subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel for more clips of the show. Uh, so, Renee, let us end the show the way we normally do, as is tradition. So, for Renee Montgomery, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The Girl!